Wake up. Alicia Bell is the founder of BLXVC, an angel syndicate of moms mobilizing money for black and brown women entrepreneurs. She's the deal flow lead for Pipeline Angels, a network of women and femmes. Alicia also advises the PayPal Ventures Black Lives Matter Fund and serves on the board for Black Girl Ventures. For more details, go to www.leishabell.com. My name is Asia Roberts. I am a wife, a mother of two really, really busy, active young kids. Their ages are six and seven. I have a previous life. In my previous life, I was an an executive of some of the large entertainment firms and so forth, running their credit departments. 25, wow, 25 plus years. Interesting. And so once after I did that, I decided to open up my own business where it's a called Bounce You. It's a children's inflatable place where we actually make dreams come true for children. We bring their birthdays to life. Also, on top of that, I am also a real estate investor. I am a ooh, newly found hotel investor and none other than an angel investor. Also, on top of all of that, I am a big travel enthusiast. Hello, and welcome to Sisters with Ventures, the podcast where we amplify black and brown women who are angel investors. On this show, we will explore what is angel investing, how to become one, and why would you want to be one? We will discuss how the most marginalized women persevered to the very top of the investing spectrum. Whether you're making money moves or barely making money, listen up. I'm your host, Lee Chabelle, co-founder of BLXBC, an angel syndicate run by Black and Latinx women who are on a mission to represent ourselves and claim our seats on cap tables. Stay tuned. Welcome back to another edition of Sisters with Ventures, the place where we amplify women of color in angel investing. And today, I'm so excited to bring to you Miss Asia Roberts. Asia and I met in our infamous group we call Queens of Capital. She is a queen in many ways of capital. She is a mother. She's a wife. She's a real estate investor, a hotel investor, an angel investor. And she comes with us with over 25 years of being an entertainment executive. She hails from these mighty South Central, South Los Angeles streets, just like myself. So I give her a lot of credit to the L.A. folks in the house. Her name is Miss Asia Roberts. Asia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa. That was awesome. Thank you for having me. Girl, you know I know how to pump you up. Oh, I need (laughs) you to be with me all the time. (laughs) I'm right here with you. And we are so excited today to share a little bit about your story that people may not know because people don't really know what angel investors are and what they look like. And we have a perception that they mm-hmm. are like old white guys. And so mm-hmm. we're here to say, actually, we in the sisterhood and we're doing it. And so I've gotten to get to know you over our past year together. 
And I would love for you just to tell us about your origin story. Where are you from? Who are your people? Mm, okay. So my family is actually from Shreveport, right? So mm-hmm. my grandparents were actually from there. They decided to move their family and come over here to California. They started in Compton, California. Through that, my grandparents actually started a janitorial business. And so what they then did with that is they moved to, uh, I'll say, what is it, San Gabriel Valley, I think it is. So that's where I kind of grew up. And so my mom is a single mom, came from a single parent, single household. So yeah, so our family, though, our family unit was tight, really, really, really tight, like my aunts and so forth. So we were all like one. I do also have a sister. And so growing up, it was just my sister myself, my mom, and then my extended family. So where did you get your money know-how? Sounds like your grandparents were very entrepreneurial in spirit and in execution. Is that where it started from? Actually, I mean, a little bit. The running joke is that you had to hide the money from my grandfather because he would spend it. So he had a enthusiasm for Cadillacs. So I think at one point, every single person in the family had one. They thought we were a dealer. I mean, a auto dealer. So my mom, I'll have to say that actually came from my mom. My mom, growing up, when I look back on it, we didn't have a lot, but you never knew that. So growing up, I had like a 40 minute commute that we had to go from school to home. And so on the drive every morning, my mom would stop, she would get the newspaper and she would make me read to her the stock prices and so forth. So that's where I actually started to learn about just stocks and so forth. And I would hear her calling her broker, Rick, and asking for him to make the trades and so forth. So that's actually how I started to like learn about investing and savings and so forth like that. It would be uh, my mom. So when did you start your first investment of any kind? Oh, well, I'll say the first investment of any kind, you know, you kind of learn when I started working for Disney. And you actually had the option of doing stock options, right? And Mm -hmm. so that's my first dabble into, yeah, very, very first dabble would have been doing, um, learning about stock options through work. And let's talk about, I think they're called ESOPs, Employee Stock Ownership Plans. And Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of an under-talked topic, but let's just pause and talk about ownership within the company and how that works a little bit. So you were able to buy Disney stock at a discount. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. While you were employed there. And you essentially had the freedom to exercise those shares like whenever you want, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, it's a very amazing thing. You get your stock at a discount, right? You're working mm-hmm. at a company. You obviously... And fractional. Fractional. So... Mm-hmm. I think that's an important folks for people to understand, like at these companies. I mean, I think a lot of people understand 401k and there's a company match, but employee stock ownership has less restrictions on when you can use the money Mm -hmm. and it's money at a discount. And as long as your stock performs over time, generally a good idea to do. Exactly. We we know how wonderful Disney stock is. It's been around a long time. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. I still have it. Still doing well. (laughs) And then you decided to get into a little more complicated investments over time. Can you mm-hmm. tell us about, you know, the show about angel investing. So mm-hmm. can you tell us about your first angel investment and why you did it? So 
my very, very first angel investment, I'll say I did it and I didn't know what I was doing. I just heard something that was being fluttered around and someone had said, hey, they were looking for investors and so forth, but they didn't really call it that. They were trying to get a group of people to come together and give a, like a lump sum of money. And so I was like, oh, I got five pennies. Can I join? And so I did, but again, didn't know what I was doing. That was probably what, ooh, 10 years ago? The angel investment, the word has been going around, I'll say, oh, wow, like 15 years, I'll say, 15, maybe 10, 15 years. So just heard about it, but it was like one of those things where it was like a secret society, right? Yeah. So when I actually, you know, gave some money to that, um, to that investment, again, didn't know where it went, didn't know anything about it, just knew. I didn't learn until actually joining the Queens and actually meeting you that that's what I had did. Mm. Mm. So, yes. And so what was that investment? Can you disclose? That was watermelon water. Mm. Does everybody know what watermelon water is? <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then you didn't know what you were doing the first time, but then you no. got a little bit of insights and education. Mm-hmm. And then you actively opted into angel investing as a part of your portfolio. And why did you decide to do that? So I have done a lot of traditional investing. So I've done a lot of traditional investing, meaning becoming a real estate investor with a few rental properties, doing stocks, doing different things like, you know, in just traditional space. And so I, again, was trying to tap into being in, working with the executives with at Fox and Disney and so forth. You're sitting at these tables and the people are having these conversations and you're like, hmm, what are you talking about? And so didn't really know that that was something that I could actually, you know, do and be a part of and so forth. And so after I joined the Queens and after I learned a little bit more about it, I was like, wow, how awesome to be a part of something and to watch something grow and to also help someone manifest their dreams at the same time too. Mm -hmm. So that's what kind of made me and and gave me the spark to want to become an angel investor. And, you know, the first time is probably scary but you, mm-hmm. you become a repeat investor and tell us about why you continue to make angel investments and how that looks in the course of your entire portfolio. So I'll say the investments that I have invested in and that I've been a part of are brands that are true to me, mm-hmm. right? And so one of them, I believe, I can say who it is? Yes. Oh, okay. So Fresh Bellies. Fresh Bellies was one of the first that I actually invested in. And so I am a new mom. So mm-hmm. I am a new mom. My kids are five and six. And so going on a thousand play dates. And amongst those play dates, women are always talking about the snacks. Snacks, snacks, snacks for kids. Right. And so forth. And actually living out here in Orange County, everyone is talking about the healthiest snacks and so forth. So when I heard and learned about the company, I was like, oh my goodness, this is something that is on the cusp of, you know, something that's growing, going to grow to become something much bigger. And so that's what actually sparked me to, I would say it was timing. It was the right timing because again, new mom, new parent, actually hearing and seeing and talking to a lot of parents about it. So that's actually what sparked. Yes. And Saskia, the founder of Fresh Bellies, she produces organic 
baby food and snacks for children which don't have the sugars and Mm -hmm. other toxic chemicals that are in foods that we give our most precious people and (laughs) so she's on a mission to change that she's absolutely one of my most favorite founders and i think you made a good point that i just want to reiterate for our audience you said it was true to you and you're talking about your lived experience and who you are so we encourage investors to invest in things that they know about, that they care Mm -hmm. about, that they're passionate about. So people say, well, Alicia, you know, why don't you invest in latest white guys dating app or, you know, something (laughs) frivolous like that. But that's not being true to me. That's not Mm -hmm. true to my core values or who I am as a person. And, you know, there's many ways to make money, people, you know, (laughs) there's many Mm -hmm. ways to make money. But when I'm putting an investment in, Asia, you mentioned it's much more than writing a check. Mm-hmm. It's much more than that. It's her going with her babies on play dates and it's like, you know, we're supporting this brand that's supporting us and our health and our nutrition, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of, when you talk about social impact investing, we're talking about the extended benefit of just writing a check and what that means. Exactly. So what has been the most surprising or interesting thing about your angel investing journey so far? I will say... One of my next adventures that I did is Young Kings, mm. right? And so, tell me what that is. Young King is a hair care, a natural hair care product that is for young boys of color. And of course, I have a young boy of color, and I am one of those again, and one of those moms that was, you know, scouring the my son's hair is extremely curly, and so um, always looking for that next best product and so forth. So it wasn't just the product, though, for Young Kings. It was actually Cora's story. Mm. And looking at Cora and her family at the time, she had a family of two young kids. She just had another. And having that entrepreneurial spirit, wanting to go out there and try to do something different and so forth. And so she was me. And so mm. I, felt, I felt a connection where I was like, wow, I really want to see not only see the product because and actually believe in the product and I use it every single day, but I actually believed in them as mm. a family and as a unit and as for Cora. So it was more that I really wanted to see her also, you know, flourish and so forth and do something big and just, you know, and I say being at the beginning phases of something, you know, we all know some of the big brands and so forth and we don't even know how they started, but right. to see and to be there at the beginning to see, and to watch it grow, watch her, you know, share with us the stories of her going into Target and so forth. That's been the most like heart mm, um, yeah. palpitating for me. Yeah. You know, and the thing that's beautiful about Young King is that we don't have a market for young boys of color. We don't have products mm-hmm. for them. We don't have, you know, like. There's nothing that they can claim that that's their own when they walk into a store and feel represented. And I think that's the beauty of Young King and what Cora's doing is that she's building a whole new market and segment that has been ignored Mm -hmm. in commercial markets. And you have mothers like you, like we exist. My boys exist. Black boy joy is real. And how do we permeate that? Right. Mm hmm. I love that story. So what would you tell your younger self? So my younger self was quiet. Mm -hmm. Very, very quiet. I'm still a little quiet. Ask questions. Ask, Mm -hmm. ask, ask. 
And don't be afraid to sit at the table. Don't be afraid to go into those rooms. Don't be afraid to join those groups. Yeah. That is probably the biggest, biggest thing. I learned so much in the past year, and that was just by jumping out there. And Mm. so if I could have done that much younger, (laughs) yes. Uh, who knows? Um, And then, you know, to be an angel investor, you have to be an accredited investor, which means you have to establish a valuable net worth and maintain it and sustain it. And so I would love to, for you to share how you sustain wealth because you come from entrepreneurial grandparents. And I know you shared with me that they had like one of the largest janitorial services in South Los Angeles, like a very prominent type of setup, right? With Mm -hmm. no education and just kind Mm -hmm. of in their migration from the South. But, you know, sustaining that is really hard to do Mm -hmm. (laughs) over Mm -hmm. time for future generations. Uh, So I would love any advice that you have on that. For me, I'll say a lot of it is personal. I seen and watched my grandparents go through some of the pains of losing a home, although they had extreme wealth, you know, sometimes you don't know what you know. And so losing property, same thing with, you know, some other family members and so forth. So I'm a believer. Mm. I'm a believer. If I see that there is something going on over at the other side, I don't have to go to the other side for me to see, oh yeah, there really is something crazy going on over there. So for me, I was able to watch them go through some of the pains and realize and know, and also growing up with a single parent, that also, you know, my spirit inside of me (laughs) is more like, I don't want anyone to take something away. And I don't believe that anyone else is better than what I can be and Mm -hmm. I could do. Yeah. So I have my own little, what is it? Like mad, mad stash where I can do things and so forth. But for the most part, I'll say I'm a big, 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 big saver and just making sure that I don't emulate some of the failures that they experience. Yeah. Well, now what what to do with your mad stash? I I haven't heard that. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a turnip. Well, my turnip is different because I am a mom, right? (laughs) And I have two young kids. My kids are only six and seven. So our turnip is vacations. We go big. We go really, really big. And Yeah. So that's my turn up. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Any final words of wisdom or anything you want to share with our audience before we wrap up? I would just say my biggest thing is, is one, I've shared this before. I don't believe in failure. I don't believe in that word. I believe everything is an experience. You may do something and it may not work out the way that you think it should have, but that's an experience. And uh, self-taught experiences are the best, well, lessons. So that's my biggest thing is don't be nervous and so forth about jumping out there and doing certain things because you're just going to learn. You're going to learn either go left or go right the next time. That's it. I love it. That's a great way to close out. Miss Asia Roberts, it's been a pleasure getting to know you even better on this show. Thank you for sharing your insights and wisdom and inspiring the many women that are coming after you and sharing space at the table. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the show. Please subscribe, 
tell a friend, check us out, let the world know. You can find out more information about this podcast at LeeChabelle.com. And remember, be an angel, invest. Invest.